Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sort of My Podcast. My name is Vincent Herman, Vin the Human, and today we're going to do things a little differently, but also a little old school, because we're going to kind of rift this one. There's going to be a bit of a structure that you've come to know and love, but at the same time, uh, I I didn't necessarily write anything outside of phone booth news. I have, however, prepared topics and uh, picked selective things to do in this episode. And the first thing I want to talk about is apparently Sony Interactive Entertainment is adapting PlayStation products, uh, or, or, or rather, uh, PlayStation video games for movies, uh, launching actually a new company called PlayStation Productions. Uh, now, obviously, this is probably going to I- involve things like the Uncharted franchise, but uh, we could also be talking some like Crash Bandicoot type stuff here. Uh, personally, this all comes like with some good and with some bad. I mean, do I want to see a God of War movie done right? Now, I should I should preference this because video game movies on the whole for the most part a garbage uh downstairs i have a thing full of uh paper plates it's got some apple cores in it some discarded uh plastic wrappers and things of that nature that is more entertaining than most video game movies. <laughs> and, uh, but done right, a God of War movie could be amazing. A Last of Us movie could be just phenomenal. But then there are things like Crash Bandicoot, and, and people I have seen commenting on the SMC page uh, and just in general saying things like Crash Bandicoot, Spyro the Dragon, these things could be entertaining, but probably more in a cartoon uh, setting, like uh, an episodic cartoon. And I agree, if it were 1997, maybe early 2000s, because that was really the the era of the reign of Saturday morning cartoons. And yeah, those would have been great Saturday morning cartoons. They probably could have done something really fun with those. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, which has been like a big part of the uh, media news uh, lately, that was a really fun Saturday cartoon. Uh, excuse me, I had to burp there. Uh, I wonder why. Good old Coors Banquet. Um, <laughs> yeah, anyways, that was a weird distraction. But, yeah, it could go either way. It could go both ways. Uh, it probably will go both ways. I feel like if this makes it far enough, and really, honestly, like, one, maybe two flops will probably kill this whole idea. But if they get one good one in there, like uh, a Metal Gear Solid... Uh, that really just steals the box office and blows everyone away, then we could see a lot of really cool and, at the same time, a lot of really bad stuff come from this. I don't know. I'm down, uh, but when when you see things like Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, that trailer, regardless of how Sonic looks in it, I have no, no intention in watching that movie. Like, the movie... 
itself just seems boring, old hat, we've seen it, don't care, not going to be logical, not going to be fun, not going to be smart, not going to be witty, it's just going to be another vacuous waste of time, another babysitter for the kids, uh, and I don't need it, I don't, I don't care, I don't care what they make them look like, I'm I'm not going to go see that movie. And I would really hate for some of these to end up that way. So hopefully that ends up well. And I'm also hoping the same thing for the upcoming Batman film uh, from Matt Reeves. And there, there's some news going around. And I feel like I, I got to drop some knowledge on you people. Uh, and, and some of my listeners... I like I trust you guys are in the know. Some of you people have definitely been digging deep into this, so you probably already know. But Robert Patterson Pattinson, uh, he is not officially Batman. In fact, Nicholas Holt is actually in the running as well. Uh, but he is he is making a splash recently because a lot of people either think that, yes, he has been cast as Batman, uh, but it was officially announced that he is high in the running for the role. And to this, I I have to say that I have flip-flopped a little bit since the news hit. At first, immediate reaction, fuck no, God no, oh my God, why would you do this? Uh, And I've honestly only ever seen him in two movies the first twilight movie which kind of like signed me off of the entire franchise i already didn't care before i saw the movie and then i gave the movie a fair shot and i, I just still walked away going nah oh no uh but i've also seen water for elephants and honestly didn't care for him in that either he he came off deadpan and bland and i i just could not connect with his character on any level i i didn't really feel like he did a good job in that movie and that is to say i enjoyed the movie the the story structure uh all all of the rest of the ensemble were really good but he just was as our main character was just like so Mm, I just couldn't get into it. Uh, removing Twilight just couldn't get into him. And those two experiences have me wondering, could he Could he even pull off Bruce Wayne? Like, forget about Batman. You could put the cowl on anyone. You drop the voice a little bit, and they become the Batman. Uh, that probably wasn't a good example. And obviously, I can't play the Batman. But... <laughs> uh, Anyways, I'm just saying, like, and you can put a padded suit on him if he's too skinny, although I have seen pictures of him from other movies where he does look appropriately weighted for the role, Uh, and from what I understand, he is a tall guy, so that's that's a clinch there, but yeah, I don't know, it it just 100% am not feeling this guy as... Batman, Bruce Wayne, I just, I, and it's my two experiences. No, I haven't seen him in other movies. And maybe, yes, I should give at least one more a try. Three strikes and you're out, right? But uh, just from where I'm standing right now, you, you have people like John Hamm interested. Do John Hamm 
John Hamm would be a good Batman. He can carry dramatic uh, roles. He can carry comedic roles. He's handsome. He's charming. He's funny. He, like, fuck, just put John Hamm in the goddamn costume already. It's not that hard. Um, But, you know, it it is what it is. They're going to go whatever the route they're going to go. It's Batman, so I'm going to go see it. If they put George Clooney in the costume again, I'd probably go see it still. And and we all know how Batman and Robin turned out. But uh, anyways, another thing they've got me in the seat for 100%, no matter what, it's Terminator. So I'm going to pay the ticket. I actually really enjoyed Genesis uh, for all its faults. It's not great, but I enjoyed it. I had a good time, and I like Jai Courtney. What the fuck is going on with him to where he can't get work? Because everything I've seen him in, he's good. Uh, Die Hard 5 even, and I am an avid Bruce Willis Die Hard fan. Uh, I take that in both senses of the meaning. And... Yeah, Die Hard's a weak film. Die Hard 5's a weak film. Uh, But Jai Courtney did a great job in it. Jai Courtney did a great job in Terminator Genesis. He does a great job in Spartacus, Blood and Sand. Uh, Yeah, it's just, I can't fathom why this guy is getting such a bad rap. But anyways, that's beside the point. Terminator Dark Fate released an official teaser trailer, and I... I thought I thought it'd be a little interesting if I played it and and not necessarily commentated while it's going down. Uh, I might chime in once or twice, but we'll watch this trailer and then I'll I'll talk about it right afterwards. And and yes, I have seen it. This isn't a cheap cop out, so I didn't have to watch it earlier. I've seen it once. Uh, this is gonna be kind of my refresher, maybe a refresher for you. Uh, probably not entertaining it in an audio aspect, but it's what we're doing. And here we go. We're going to raise that audio a little bit there. This chick right here. uh, Okay, I'll talk about her in a minute. Human. I am human. Why are you 
care what happens to her. Because I was her. keeping you alive. Alright. So, okay, this looks really cool. Looks really awesome. I love the tandem Terminator in this. The idea of a liquid Terminator... Uh, and, uh, I, I don't know what model this would be, uh, but I, I am familiar with the T-800, so I'm gonna say Liquid Terminator T-800 team-up thing here, like, that is a really interesting concept, different, uh, same but different, <laughs> uh, but... Uh, I also really dig uh, this this chick, and I haven't fuck. I have not done enough research, and I will admit that. But but the chick with the synthetic skin, she is obviously some new breed of Terminator. I'm getting heavy Terminator Salvation vibes. Another movie that gets a really bad rap, but I think it had some really great ideas and had some really great acting in it. Uh, but most importantly, Sarah. Connor, man, she is a badass. If if there is a like a team of women badasses from movie history, like Sarah Connor is definitely like one of the the trinity leading that team. Uh <laughs> she is awesome in this. Uh I well, I mean she's awesome in T2. I can't wait to see more what she's bringing to the table. I think it's so great that they got her back. Um, and, and Arnold, I have actually heard rumor that he is not playing the T-800 or, or, or whatever have you. He is not playing the Terminator from Terminator 2, which it should be noted, this is a direct sequel to Terminator 2. They are kind of uh, retconning the, uh, any movies that have come before, uh, in between those, uh, which has been kind of a trend lately, but, uh, I, I dig it, I think it worked for Halloween, uh, I, I dig the idea here, but there is a rumor that he is not playing the Terminator from Terminator 2, and instead, he is actually playing the life model of, uh, of the, the Terminator, uh, the, the guy that they based the looks for the T-800 off of, and I think that's a really interesting idea, whether they'll do that or not, I don't know, I doubt that they actually are gonna go that route, uh, but it, it would be really interesting, really cool to find out more about this guy that they decided to model their, their like ultimate killing machine off of. I, I really want to see that. Uh, it just looks really good. I cannot wait to go see this thing. Uh, I can't exactly remember when it comes out. Maybe it's got it down here. Oh, in theaters, November 1st, uh, this year. So yeah. Uh, count me in. I definitely want to be a part of that. Uh, and 
because I'm really going for no editing. <sighs> nah, you know what? I'll go ahead and I'll do the transition into the phone booth. It's time for the news. The phone booth news. That's right, everyone. It's time for the phone booth news where I try to give you the news faster than Deadpool can save the day, which gives me three minutes, 45 seconds. Now, I do not have my timer on me, but I am staring directly at the clock, so I'll give you a rough estimate here on what I'm going to do pulling in hopefully I make it if, if I make it under three minutes if, if the the clock as I'm looking at it which says 12.05 a.m. if it comes in at 12.07 then I'll know I've done good uh, so anyways let's get started in video game news the free-to-play MMORPG game DC Universe Online is finally coming to the Nintendo Switch this summer in comics news, Marvel Comics will change a collage variant cover for Marvel Comics 1000 after art from rival DC Comics Earth 2 number 2 depicting an Alan Scott kissing his gay partner was accidentally included. Gwenpool is making a solo series return with a five-issue miniseries called Gwenpool Strikes Back. Her first goal, unmasking Spider-Man. The book hits shelves August 7th. Also in August, uh, we are going to be getting a new arc from The Flash riddled with questions called The Death of the Speed Force. Uh, Post-taking his leave of the Batman title sometime before the end of 2019, writer Tom King will be launching a new 12-issue miniseries called Batman Catwoman with artist Clay Mann beginning in January. Napoleon Dynamite is coming to IDW Comics for a sequel focused on Pedro's reign as studi studi uh, student body president. And in TV news, the first teaser for CBS All Access, uh, X's next Star Trek series, Star Trek Picard, brings us back to where we last left the Next Generation's captain, which is his vineyard seen in the series finale. Despite the series leaving the open, an opening for an Aria spinoff, HBO president Casey Bloys has no plans to do any Game of Thrones sequels without showrunners D.B. Weiss and David Benioff. Uh, new information has surfaced about the MCU series Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The show will run for six episodes, be directed by Kari Skolgand, and is coming to Disney Plus in August of 2020. And finally, in movie news, director James Wan's Mortal Kombat remake has finally landed an official release date and is expected to hit theaters March 5th, 2021. And my time, my clock says 12.07, so I did this in at least two minutes and some change. So, yeah, gonna call that a victory, even though I didn't have the timer running. And, wow, and I stumbled a little bit there. Oh, yeah, it just hit 12.08, so I at least did, like, three minutes or something. So, whatever, I'm gonna take a sip of beer in victory. <sighs> some cool stuff in there. I think it's really interesting. Or, well, at least it's a, it's a very good move for CBS All Access to actually have Picard pick up where the uh, next generation left him. Uh, and, and it's a great way to start out their series. Uh, great for fans as well. 
So uh, that's a good uh, good call. Uh, I don't get Napoleon Dynamite, uh, and I really, really don't get them not giving Arya a spinoff show. I get it. D.B. Weiss and David Benioff are going to go do Star Wars, and yeah, they probably need a break, but damn, guys, you left that so open, and you are leaving money on the table. You don't necessarily have to have those go those two guys to produce a good product with Arya. Like, come on, fuck, just do a little shopping around, Jesus, because uh, I want to see that. Damn. Also, really excited. Gwenpool is coming back to comics. I really enjoyed that first run of hers, uh, and and people seem to be really taken aback by like yeah, yeah she can't uh, unmask spider-man uh get the fuck over yourselves like come on uh, read gwenpool and then tell me that that chick wouldn't you know aim for that <laughs> anyways uh yeah some cool stuff there but i think it's time that we got caught up guys this is the part of the show where i catch up on what i've been uh, reading, watching, listening to whatever uh, is going on with me. Uh, first of all, want to say super pumped after finishing the Arrowverse seasons uh, this, this round. Uh, man, just the foreshadowing from Arrow, uh, the fact that the legends are going to be involved and you're going to get to see Constantine interact with all of these other people. Uh, I mean, removing... Removing uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, which was teased at the end of every season's uh, finale, uh, just just the season of Supergirl and this season finale was really good in general. Uh, yeah, just a lot of good stuff across the board there. Uh, cannot wait for the big crossover event, Crisis on Infinite Earths, and it definitely laid the groundwork for that. Uh, yeah, so pumped. So excited for that. Uh, Vin and I have been continuing our uh, Karate Kid franchise marathon. We are now in season two of Cobra Kai. And man, it has just been so fun revisiting that show. I love it. And and best of all, he's loving it. He is really digging this franchise, which is just a great treat for me because I was worried. Uh, you really have to connect with those other films, the at least the the first three films, to really connect with Cobra Kai and enjoy that show for all of its juicy elements. And uh, now that it isn't a good show, standoff. Uh, really, honestly, I think you could pick up that show without having seen the other. Uh, movies and still find a lot of enjoyment in the interactions with the characters and there's enough enough fill-in to let you know like oh this is why these guys hate each other and so on and so forth but uh, the fact that he full-on embraced this franchise from the first film on and excitedly jumped into every movie and it got swept away with Cobra Kai that just means a lot to me I don't know you know like more these days than ever, it is so easy for kids to say, oh, that's old. I don't give a shit about it. And for him to see something old and go like, I love this. I don't just give a shit. I love this. Uh, really, really cool for me. Really, really proud. Um, 
But I also saw Aladdin in theaters. Uh, still got Detective Pikachu on the docket. That is the next thing I intend on seeing. Uh, gonna just gonna go see some Brightburn, and of course we're gonna catch Godzilla, King of the Monsters. But in the meantime, I saw Aladdin, and really, it's good. It's fun. I had a good time. It's not, uh, not really a headache, and. The the worst thing about the movie is Jafar. Jafar and Iago. They like in the original cartoon they have such a good delicious evil camaraderie that just uh, it, it's palpably fun and and entertaining. Uh in this he's just he's mousy, he's weedy, he's whiny and Iago is a parrot that I guess is smarter than other parrots because he can commentate on the situation, but he's not doing it the way Iago would talk uh, about the situation. He's like, oh, that's a bad move. Ah, that's a bad move. Ah, like, stuff like that. And uh, this is the worst. So you don't even give it, you don't really give a shit about your, your villains. But. That's okay because you give enough of a shit about your your heroes in this. Uh, the Sultan is, uh, you know, nothing special, but uh, it doesn't necessarily need to be. I love the Sultan from the cartoon, but if he was just a piddly background character, it wouldn't have really taken anything away from that original movie. Uh, Jasmine, fuck, she shines. Uh, the guy playing Aladdin he is he is on point he is great he and their chemistry is just amazing especially during the whole new world sequence uh and, and you know what like i sh- i should have said spoilers but i didn't because you should have seen aladdin by now you should already know aladdin by now and i'm sorry if you don't and i get it it's possible but you should see Aladdin by now. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that whole New World uh, sequence. Wow. Visually spectacular in live action. I, I love it as much as I love the original. And, uh, and that's saying a lot because Aladdin is one of my favorite Disney films of all time. And this one updates itself a little bit, especially in the way of Jasmine being a much stronger character. Not though she was a pushover so much in the original, but because uh, she had some moxie to her. But in this one, she is definitely a, a, a stronger female character, and, and I appreciate that. What I don't appreciate are the two songs that they gave her, the two new songs. Not that she doesn't deserve two new songs, it's just they didn't write them to be like the other songs. And I don't mean they need to be derivative, but they at least need to fit the musical scheme of things. And they are so blatantly written in 2019. Like, you definitely feel like, oh, those other songs were written in the 90s. This is 2019. So, yeah, uh, I like, and they're not bad songs. And wow, she is such an amazing singer. I really, uh, I really should have pulled up the IMDb. That would have been a great preparation tool here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the actress playing uh, uh, Jasmine is a phenomenal singer. 
and uh, even better so than Aladdin, but he he does a really good job too. Uh, now, that brings us to the big blue not-so-elephant in the room, uh, Will Smith. Now, here's, here's the number one thing I've had to say since the beginning, and, and I, I was uh, a little taken aback when they first showed him, and uh, it, it was just Will Smith in uh, Arabian-ish clothes. Clothes, but anyways, uh, if you went, if you wanted to go into this movie, and, and this is the, uh, this actually plays into a larger point. Don't go to a movie with your script in hand and expect to see Paige on screen. Okay, if you're not going to a movie to get distracted and swept away in the magic, if you're not going to be transported to another world, which, I'm sorry, is not necessarily the responsibility of the film right out. If you go into a movie wanting to pick it apart, if you go into a movie with all of the the internet hype attached to it, or all of your hopes and dreams and expectations uh, attached to you and going in saying, if this doesn't happen, if this doesn't happen, if this does happen, if this does happen, then this movie is garbage and I fucking hate it already. If none of this stuff happens or if these certain things happen, then don't go to the fucking movies for real. Like, cause you've missed the point you miss and, and granted, the bigger point of the movies is for studios to make money. Let's just let's just put that on front street. But at the same time, movies got their popularity because they took audiences away from the mundane everyday occurrences of their lives. They went to be transported to fantastical places and interesting scenarios that they wouldn't experience in their everyday lives. And for at least uh, an hour to three hours could be away from it all, could get away from it all and go experience these other worlds. So if you're not going to the movies to do that, if you're not going to the movies to do that, or at least taking kids just to appease your children, then you're doing the fucking movies wrong. Or I guess making out with your girlfriend in the in the back of the theater. That's a thing too. That is also a qualifier, I guess. Um, and even, I don't know, even as I get older, I'm like, no, fuck those kids. There are plenty of places to make out. I came to see a movie. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you really got to give yourself to the movie. And if you can't hang with it after that, if you've done that, and the movie still loses you, that's fine. That's fair. Movies can be bad. I'm not saying you have to love everything you go and see, but at least give it a fucking shot. That being said, uh, Will Smith was never going to be Robin Williams. Anyone going in expecting Will Smith's take on Robin Williams was a damn fool. And if you hate the movie because Will Smith was not Robin Williams, he didn't try to be Robin Williams, then you know what? You fucking stupid. And I like I'm I'm just dropping that right now. I, fuck the negative connotations. That is just a stupid expectation. It really is. It's an overprivileged 
stupid expectation. And for what he did do, for what I expected him to do, which was be Will Smith, he really turned it on. Will Smith as an actor in recent years has been very grounded and really brought it into more of a dramatic range. And even when he's funny, it's a little drier than it used to be, a little less energetic. I feel like we are seeing Fresh Prince of Bel-Air levels of energy from Will Smith in this role. I feel like he gave it his all, and I appreciate everything he did. Are there moments where it's a little like, okay, alright, come on, dude, rein it back a little bit? Sure. But, man, he sells this Will Smith version of the genie, and it is a completely new genie. And I love it. I absolutely love it. Robin Williams is better. Yes, absolutely. But again, this was never going to be that. And given that expectation, given that understanding, I really enjoy what he did with this. Uh, I really enjoyed his versions of the songs, especially uh, the Prince Ali song. Uh, uh, Never Had a Friend Like Me is a lot of fun. You get swept away in the magic. But at the same time, it's so noticeably not as energetic as as the the previous version but it's still fun it's still visually captivating do i think this was necessary no this movie was not necessary like i'll probably watch the original 50 times to one uh, comparatively to as many times as i'll see this one but it was fun I don't see the harm in this one. And honestly, it, like given that, I'm kind of a little more psyched for The Lion King because I had the same attitude with that. Is it necessary? Fuck no, I don't need this Lion King. But, man, you know what? I could probably go see it and walk out with a smile. And so many times I found myself smiling during Aladdin. It was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, anyways. Oh, visually great, too. Uh, just, yeah. Uh, it was good. It was just good. Go see it. Fuck it. Even if you don't want to invest too much money, just find a cheap matinee. Just find like a deal, you know, like you can go watch the movie and shit. Don't pirate it. Come on, go watch the movie. Uh, it it was good. Uh, oh oh, and if you're wondering, yes, Will Smith got a rap for the credits. And I'm sorry if you're if you're in your thirties. You gotta appreciate that for what it is. And it's not a terrible rap, even. And, and you even get to hear a little DJ Khaled come in before before the whole thing gets started. Um, is it his best credits rap? Fuck no. But it's good. Uh, I, I had a good time with it. And I've had a really good time with you guys doing this show here. Uh, you know, like this episode if you liked it. Subscribe if you loved it. You know, you're checking this out somewhere comment, you know, what did you think of any of today's stories? Share this episode if you enjoyed it. Uh, you want more on that YouTube? Hit the bell. Uh, that'll let you know when the newest episodes are up. Really trying not to burp here. Uh, like all of the social media, it's down in the description below. Uh, you know, whether it's for sort of my comics, sort of my podcast, subject to change entertainment. Uh, yep. I forgot to turn that sound off. Uh, And all of our personal social media. It's down there. Uh, My name is Vincent Herman. Vin the Human. And cue that music. Ali Ababa? (laughs) 